Hey, joining me now, our good friend Barb Lampson. And Barb, I'm so excited. I wanted to tell you good news. I had talking all pollinators this weekend or this this yesterday. I, I'm excited to hear that, you know. Uh, I was thinking about the pollinators and I thought of the monarch butterflies. I hope they're not flying to the Gulf or starting off on that trip because oh, they, they it's not very get... hospitable. Well, I actually had a reporter out to the house yesterday from uh, its... Um, Mankato Life. It's an online magazine to talk about pollinator gardens. She's actually doing a series. Her name is Molly and she's doing a series on pollinators and I think it's so great. I saw one of her articles online in the Mankato Life and and it's talking about the Lawn to Legumes program which you know I'm sure. participant in and so I'm so excited to see what she does. She came out and she learned and she was so interested and you know she's interested in becoming a master gardener. Oh that's great. That, and, that's really great. And it's so great because she's a younger person you know because sure. a lot of people wait till they're <clears throat> yes. our age when they're retired yes. but yes. here's this young gal and she said we just bought a, a site down by Judson Bottom and there's so many things that I want to do and you know make sure for the pollinators and for the water quality and uh, it was just such a delight to, to hear her and what better way to do it and now is the recruiting time for Master Gardeners. October yes. 1st is the deadline by the way. A- absolutely that's great we need we need people that are interested and and people sometimes have this thought that they're not that knowledgeable. But well that's the goodness. idea. <laughs> yeah what a place to learn. Well you know I'm always learning new things. Yes, you are. This is my big news. Um, You know, the Environmental Service, Blue Earth County Environmental Service, has had this drop-off site on 3rd Avenue where if you had anything that was like toxic, like paints or our fertilizers mm-hmm. or things like that you could just simply drop them off and now for the last few weeks they opened up their their building there so you could go pick things up and you mean you, pick up things that could, other people dropped off like yes. a, a swap yeah yes exactly oh. so here's how this works i went I'll tell you what. First of all, you call the Environmental Services, and I'm going to give you that phone number. Because, okay. So it's 304-4381. Okay. They're open on Tuesdays from noon until 5 o'clock. Okay. They'll give you a slot. So be there on time. You get 15 minutes in the building. They, If you want to... Uh, I said, well, where would the garden supplies be? And the gentleman was so kind. He said, it's right here. You don't want to spend your time wandering around. Is that things like paints and other things maybe people? Oh, yes. Oh, that'd be a great way. So if you just need a little bit, maybe you could get some. Yes, exactly. And, you know, they have... um, they have oil things that's unopened in oil. I don't know. My husband found some kind of oil, and he found, you know, he, uh, David, things that people just don't need for whatever reason. Yes, anymore. yes, and they're good. So, did and, you find anything gardening? Good? Okay, so this is why I wanted to share this with our listeners. I they had a huge selection of things. Uh, some of them had been opened and were half used, and some of them uh-huh. weren't. But you know, the one thing we re- we need right now. Um, is if we're planting tulips and things like that, we want to add uh, phosphorus and potassium. Right. And bone meal is a good source. Bone meal is great, and and that's organic. These bags, I mean, you can read what it is. Bring your glasses if you need reading glasses, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and yes. you can read and, and see exactly what it is. They have things like. Um, the stuff to put on plants to keep deer and rabbits away. Oh wow! They had they had that because that stuff of thing. can be expensive. Yes, it can, and it was in big quantities. They had things like um, uh, fertilizer, organic fertilizer for house plants. 
Now, that's a nice thing to wow. have, too. Um, they didn't and, have any bags of malorganite there, did they? No. Okay. No, they had nothing <laughs> like that. But I just thought, this. well, this is such a good idea. You can have 15 items. You're really? There. Yeah, you can take as many as 15 items. Can you bring things, too? Like, let's say... Yes, so that's on the other side, you oh. get in line for that to do that. Yes, right, right. So 15 items, 15 minutes, and uh, resident of Mankato... And uh, just great, helpful people. Maybe bring a box to put your stuff in. And uh, so I thought, wow, this is, you know, when you get something free, how wonderful that well, is. What did you get? Well, I got um, a couple of bags of bone meal. Oh, and nice. I got, and I got some potash. And I got, uh, um, I you know, just, I, I got some plant food for houseplants, organic. And I mean, was there a lot of stuff? So you didn't take it all then, Barb? No, no. <laughs> you know what they say, uh, you know, think of the other guy. Right. So, yeah, I, I I, don't have room for other stuff anyway. So I just, I got Nice. That. I didn't know it, about that, but that's awesome because then it isn't just going into some landfill or something or wherever. Right, right. It's it's excellent. And we should keep, the, we should uh, uh, patronize that them because uh, I'm sure there is some cost involved and that's where I want my taxes to go to things like this that are good for the environment and help people so where did, where do you have to go to get this um, well first of all you you get you set your appointment with you have the to environmental services. call first yeah that's Blue Earth County Environmental okay. Services and then um, it's on Third Avenue and where you pick your brush and things for compost, the yeah, brush but dump it's, we it's call it. It's a turn before that. Oh, okay. So, so you just there's a sign up, and you can get that address from them when you call and make your appointment. And I would say, uh, if you're going to do that, there's only so many slots, so they're open from noon to five. So, and I'm sure that this may is probably going to end on too. Tuesdays. Though. Yeah, it's only Tuesdays. Okay, that's right. Well, so, this is good, right? Great information, Barb. Well, here's some more great information. Um, talking about things that you get from people and that are free. Um, our friend Tim Berg stopped the other night, and he brought me a plant. It's a Polish plant, and it's called uh, I'm going Machika. He I've is, never heard of that. It's Polish, and he raises them because. Um, his wife's mother was Polish, and she introduced him to this plant. He had 10 baskets of these. Now, is this an indoor plant or an outdoor? It is a, an indoor house plant, right? Oh. So, uh, so I've had it outside in the daytime for a few days and then bringing it in at night. It's a lovely kind of a, um, it's kind of viney. It comes down. It's very soft, very small leaves and very small flowers, and they're pink. And the reason he loves it is because in the evening, when the flowers are open, it has a wonderful scent. Now, is this the one that's, it's a hibiscus type? Uh, no. I was just looking at this because, no. how do you spell it? Okay, this is M-A-C-E-I-J-K-A. Oh. So, he said you won't find seed in this area. He gets his seed from Chicago. Okay. Oh, it's a purple, <laughs> purple flower. It is like. purple. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you found it. So yes, that's I great. did. So that was that was absolutely great. And it's thanks a, to here it's described at the Polish Arts Center. It says it's a night-scented stock seeds, machika. Yeah, machika. Oh, right, right. Okay. it is. And uh, night-scented is what it is. So you want to have that someplace where you can smell that in the evening. And then uh, you know, I belong to the Wasika Garden Club. Yes. And we have continued to meet all summer long, but we meet outside 
in somebody's yard, mm-hmm. and we all wear our masks, and we have uh, social distancing. And so on Monday night, we met, uh, and one of our older members, Max, I suppose Max, I'm, his his uh, daughter brought him to the meeting. Comes to all the meetings. He's uh, he looks like he's very fragile, but he's an active gardener, probably around ninety years old. Oh, wow. Um, he he was sitting on a chair and he stood up, and he said, "I want to tell you about my Asiatic lily." He said, "I have been growing this Asiatic lily for fifty years." Oh my word. And there was about, oh, about 15 of us at Garden Club. He had packaged these up, and he bought us each three bulbs. Oh. So I went home next day. I planted mine, and I'm calling this, and it's red. I'm calling this uh, Supermax. Nice. Yeah, That's so really wonderful. 50 years history on that one. Isn't that amazing? That is incredible. You know, you mentioned the Asiatic lilies. This uh, past weekend, the North Star Lily Society had their... Um, bulb uh, dividing and digging um, mm-hmm. me, so people could volunteer because what the, the goal is they have these big garden sites up I can't remember the address Jeff and the boys went because I had to go to church that, that day and but Grant is you know breeding lilies so he went up and helped to dig these lily bulbs Asiatic lily bulbs now is the time apparently to split them yes. and so then they will sell some of the, the bigger bulbs they had categories like this is the one you keep and we'll sell in our sure. fundraiser and then Grant brought me a whole bunch of more so I have a whole bunch but their Asiatic lilies are wonderful you plant them now as yes. well as things like tulips and daffodils and crocus and all those sorts oh, of things yes but you know I saw nasty squirrels out there I think they might be been trying to get my bulbs out and you know, so I was really disappointed thinking like I wonder how many are left uh, well you know I never thought before that they would do that but I know so this past two weeks I have um Previous to that, I had taken a look at my yard when my husband said to me, you know, Barb, if you ever can't maintain this, I won't be able to do it. And I thought, <laughs> you know, maybe I can simplify this somehow. Oh. And so uh, I was digging in an area where we had had a tree that we took down. It was 30 feet tall, mm-hmm. and it always was extreme shade, and I had lots of ferns there. And so now it's got sunlight, and I've been watching the sun gets the east, and then later on in the day as the sun gets, goes up higher, it gets sun again. And uh, so I dug out a lot of these ferns. I brought in compost. I brought in sphagnum. I added... Uh, phosphorus and potash for amending the soil yes and also some um, um, castings from 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 worms the worm castings because they they feed the microbes that's what you want them for and David made a bunch of nice steaks for me so I've got everything marked as I went along so I dug things from the main garden I divided it and I brought it over and I brought some Asiatic lilies that were getting too big and planted them. And then I covered these things with uh, with grass clippings. I was saving my grass okay. clippings. And wouldn't you know, the squirrels, every place that I have been digging, they come. Yeah. And they dig. What is that? Well, maybe because it's already, you've got the soil nice and loose, so it's easy for them to, to 
I don't know. I think they're planting things too. Well, yes, you'll find a bunch of little yes. acorns, trees, and things, and nuts. That yes, are, but I wonder, do they? I don't know if they eat Asiatic lily bulbs because I know that they'll they'll get your tulip bulbs and things like that but I didn't know about the Asiatics so I was kind of disappointed when I looked and I thought well I wonder how many are actually left here yeah obviously Max who gave me these three big reds um that you know um they weren't getting into his but uh, he's and he's a farmer too okay. maybe he had a dog a dog is a good thing for keeping the squirrels yes, at bay isn't sure. it oh yeah yeah i have cats and they're no good for it, exactly <laughs> and then up by my house i had a series of uh three mock orange bushes and one of them looked so scraggly i dug it out and then i had two and i thought um I I think I want to have more color up here, and I'd I'd had all these uh, native ginger plants, and I dug them out, and I moved in uh, several things that uh, are low to the ground, and I was concentrating on colors of foliage, so I got that done. I did put in because uh, there's enough sunlight there. Uh, I bought this tulip or this daffodil. And uh, on the picture, it's pink. And I've had something like this before, and they're not true pink. And they start out as yellow, and then they kind of fade down to this pink color. But I I don't care about that. So um, this morning, there were the squirrels up there. David said, look at in your new bed. Mm-hmm. I just I finished that yesterday and there they are today. So um, I've got grass clippings on them, but I've got a lot of uh, bark chips. I'm going to put the bark chips down too and maybe another barrier in there will keep them out because that's that's really ridiculous. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right. The, the one thing I found that, that helped them, one, one year I was so, so disgusted by the the squirrels uh, taking my tulip bulbs that I actually took uh, chicken wire and I actually wrapped chicken wire around each bulb. I mm-hmm. mean, that's very labor intensive, by the way, to do that. Yes. But that, I mean, a squirrel can't chew through the, the chicken wire, right. but the but the, the, the bulb can sprout right. and everything. So, you know, there's, but then right. you got the wire in the ground. So it's, it's sometimes losing battle. So sometimes you just plant daffodils. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because they don't bother those. And, and there's there's a lot of variety in a daffodil too. And what we're really looking for in the spring is color. Yes. And if you get things that are different height and different sizes, um, that will give you a lot of that. And then there's other early uh, spring uh, uh, perennials that go along with that. So, so you, you can do that. Although I did buy a few tulips, and I'm making cages for them. You are? Yes. Like, you mean with chicken wire or something? Yeah, I don't use chicken wire because oh. it rusts in the ground. It does, yeah. Yeah, so I'm using this green hardware cloth, the, so and, it's, and that's wire. Is it wire or is it plastic? Or is it is it wire covered with plastic? Yeah, it's, it, and it's not plastic that it's covered with. It's uh, like a, a painted... A coating, okay. Yeah, very, very heavy on there excellent stuff so so i'm doing that also but um it just seemed like this year the house plants that i had got so big and so i'm taking cuttings and it's one of these things where um especially um uh, some of the plants that look so great in my garden i know after a winter in the house they won't no they and look I'm, pretty scruffy yeah right and it, sometimes you wonder is this going to be worthwhile or should i just get new plants again so i'm, I'm kind of debating with that 
Then I wanted to talk just a little bit about, uh, we've been talking about your sister's garden, and I know the last three weeks you've been up there just planting for her and doing such a good job. And one of the plants that you can grow from seed that is just incredibly hardy, the squirrels don't eat it, the rabbits don't eat it, the deer don't eat it, and it, it becomes just amazingly beautiful. Do tell. <laughs> it, it's, it's a euphorbia. And yeah, you mentioned that, and I'm. Yes. And I don't know if I have any of those. Uh, well, is it a shrub or is it more of a perennial? It's no, it's an annual, and you start oh. it from seed every year. It makes seed, and from the University of Minnesota, we have the best plants for thirty tough spots. Yes, that is an excellent publication. You could get through the master or through the University of Extension, or you can look online, and it's thirty plants for tough sites. That's yes. an excellent. And this is called Euphorbia marginata. Okay, but the reason. I brought this and I brought my other uh, main resource book is because if you don't use the Latin name, you can get very confused. This plant will be listed as snow on the mountain and snow in the summer. But some people will say that it's very invasive, though, too. Is this the one that's... I have, like, what's called snow on the mountain, and it can get... Yes. It's a perennial, though, so you're talking... Yes. This is different. Two different things, yeah. So I brought my book along to show you, and then um, snow in the summer is totally different there, too. So three different plants and these names are interchangeable but if you know the whole name so euphorbia marginata and this particular one is kilimanjaro and this one is for full sun though i i have it in the shade and it does okay Okay. and i have it in the it's just it's wonderful so well barb which one am i thinking of that comes up every year that's the snow on the mountain it's that's the perennial and so there is a perennial yeah okay i'm going to show you this book here we have a nice picture of it okay you have to describe for our listeners (laughs) okay well let me try it okay so uh it says two to three feet tall it's always at least three feet tall in my yard that's 36 inches it has variegated green and white leaves and then in the fall it starts getting more white and it's um and and it gets seed heads on it and then you save these seed heads and if you do nothing but just let them fall they they reseed? will okay. yeah they'll reseed like that but i save them and scatter them around here and there it's uh, it's a plant that looks like it's blooming but it's not it's the foliage and if you have dark spots this is a great plant to go in there and out by my mailbox where the deer come up at night, and they eat everything that I put out there. I've got two things out there that they don't eat. One is datura, which is, some people call that moonbeam. Some people call that angel plant, but it's a trumpet plant. They don't eat that. That has a white sap. They don't eat that. And guess what? Euphorbia also has a white sap. Now, it says that some people might be allergic to Irrit- that. Or irritated somehow. Yeah, okay. yeah. I have been just pulling that out and cutting that back and that, and that has never happened to me. But here's here's another connection with this, this plant, Euphorbia. I was watching public TV, and uh, they were featuring uh, us, um, the story about Madagascar. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how Madagascar is between Asia and Africa and how when the continents were shifting, this one broke off and it's in the Indian Ocean. Well, the lemur, 
The ring-tailed lemur lives in the most arid part uh, of that area, and it has survived because the euphorbia, because of this white sap that it has, they have evolved to be able to eat that and survive that oh, plant. So, so plants are really interesting if you have uh, the genus and the species is also helpful too. But if you have that information, you can see how they take different shapes and different forms. And they're very much spiny there and they're a big, a big like tree plant. But I thought, Wow, how cool is that? And here in Minnesota, we have this, and we have it for about three months in the summer, and then it goes away. There it goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. So the lemur monkeys surviving on that in Madagascar. Well, it's all all kind of the the adaptation, the amazing thing that nature can can really do for us. And you know, another good adaptation is. to look at science, to see what science says. And right now they're telling us, get your flu shots. Oh, yes. Yeah, get your flu shots. It's it's a different flu than the, the COVID-19. And, Absolutely. And it's really important. Hey, I had a, uh, one of our listeners texted us a problem that she solved, or he solved, it doesn't say which, with squirrels. It says, I had a problem with squirrels too. Bought some aluminum window screen and laid it down until the plants popped. It worked great. So thanks for that tip. Yes, that is a good tip. And uh, as far as I know, squirrels don't chew through window screens. So thank well, you. you know, but the, you get some rodents can actually chew through oh, metal in yes, that. So yes, you, yeah. yeah. Well, Barb, we're out of time, but I just wanted to say thank you. Any last final words before I let you go? Uh, well, just uh, uh, be healthy and wear your mask and uh, follow social distancing. And uh, it looks like statistics are looking better again so and enjoy the weekend it's going to be very nice yes thank you karen thanks barb appreciate you bye-bye all right it is 10 o'clock and you are listening to a minnesota morning on the maverick at kmsu radio 89.7 fm in mankato and kmsk 91.3 fm in austin online at kmsu.org broadcasting from the campus of minnesota state university mankato big ideas and real world